What's up, Pewter Peeps, and welcome in to the all-new PewterCast, your place for Bucks news, notes, analysis, hot takes, and maybe some other takes that may not be so hot. That's Ren. You know him. I'm Steve Carney. It is great to have you here on a special Tuesday evening version of the PewterCast. It's only been a couple of days since we streamed last, but we had to do a little bit of a change here if you're watching us live on YouTube or on Twitter and Periscope or on the Pewtercast.live. And that is because for me, Thursday is a very important day uh, for me. And that is because it is opening day in Major League Baseball. And uh, my other job has to uh, has to come uh, to, into fruition as well. But Ren, how was your weekend? Uh, I know that this was a, this was a nice uh, relaxing weekend with almost everything starting to round into shape as we get ready for the draft. Yeah, it was, you know, weekend's been fine. It's been good, you know, you know, comings and goings, you know, paying bills, watching TV, going to work, that type <laughs> of stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, I thought uh, before today, like, I didn't know there was going to be a presser. And, you know, I'm kind of putting notes together, you know, throughout the week. Well, mm-hmm. for these four days for the show. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be, this might be a late one. Like, we might need Carney to uh, fill some time here. <laughs> but uh you know ba came out with the presser and you know someone asked him about the draft and what type of players you're looking for and he goes speed on defense so uh i was like well let's go look for guys that are gonna be there that have speed on that have speed on defense so basically he was talking about special teamers now i still think that the bucks are going to be looking you know possible cornerback if somebody mm-hmm. falls there you know interior offensive line you know especially in the first two days uh, but, you know, players that could make the team, you know, to fill out the bottom half of the roster, uh, it looks like, you know, you should play defense and you got to have speed and you got to, of course, that's going to translate to special teams mm-hmm. in a year or two. Then uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what you got and uh, see if these guys make an impact. Yeah, and we'll get into some of those needs here and a couple of guys that we are certainly looking for uh, in the draft here in just a moment. But the 22nd man, Ren is back. That's right. All 22 starting players from the Super Bowl are returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Leonard Fournette has made it official here this past uh, weekend as he has signed uh, a deal to come back to Tampa Bay and be the guy that we thought would be complimenting Ronald Jones. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, you know, both of us have talked about, I guess, the past two pods about how, uh, like, Le'Veon Bell, I think, would have been a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think he's washed. I don't think that you've, you know, that it was weird because I was watching his podcast and one guy was a Jets fan and, you know, they're, they're asking him about, well, what, you know, what did uh, Bell do? And he's, well, he's really good receiving back. And the other guy goes, but I don't want him, but he was great as a receiving back. And the other guy said that, well, I don't want him, but he's awesome at, you know, uh, blocking, picking up the blitz. Well, those are two things that you're looking for mm-hmm. <laughs> in that guy, you know? So, uh, you know, as Alan says in chat already, Bell's toast. Okay, well, you don't know that because I guarantee you didn't watch any Jets games the past two years, and he barely he didn't play. Like, Andy, Andy Reid didn't hand the ball off last year yeah. that much, you know? So, and when he did hand it off, went to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and not Bell. So, but Fournette's back. Uh, so, you know, I guess the big question now is, Who's starting? Don't really care. But are we going to get playoff Lenny or are we going to get regular season Lenny? Because yeah, that's going to be very big different players. 
Yeah, and 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 for people that say that Bell is toast, you're not looking for Bell to be a bell cow back. That's the that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it, Alan, is that here we are. We're looking at for someone to be the complimentary back. We're looking for what Bell did in uh in Kansas City with Edward Solaire. He wasn't supposed to be the bell cow guy. Edward Solaire yeah. was supposed to carry the lion's share of the football and Bell was supposed to be the guy that was the receiving back. And that's what we were looking for here, is it not? Uh, I certainly uh, I certainly think that, uh, you know, bringing uh, Leonard Fournette back, if we get playoff Lenny, if we get Lombardi Lenny, uh, we'll be very, very happy. And if we yeah. don't get Lombardi Lenny, well, then I hope that Rojo becomes uh, the beast that we were all hoping for. Also, a shout out to Steve Munoz, who is uh, in the chat watching us live here on YouTube. So shout out to those. Um, you know, I, I like that you have uh at least you know it, you know they they say you you it's best to deal with the devil you do know as opposed to the devil you don't know right right and you know having all 22 starters back is i mean to me it's the ultimate dealing with the devil you do know as opposed to the devil you don't know and the other thing that it does is that it's going to have an effect on what the Bucks are going to do with the draft because now they go, okay, if we don't like, if there's not somebody that lights our socks on fire right. in, in the position where we are, we can feel free to trade down and look to try and gather some more opportunities either later on in this year's draft or even better in next year's draft. And so yeah. I, I like, I like that we're not having to deal with, with too much of, of the unknowns and we're now here looking at okay this is these are the 22 guys that brought a lombardi trophy home in early february and now we can now we can talk about how uh we're going to have uh the best opportunity in the NFC this year i don't i you know will will kansas city be up there in the AFC sure i think that uh, you know, there's plenty of other teams. I mean, New England went nuts in free agency. You know, Buffalo has done uh, a couple of a couple of small things. Uh, Pittsburgh has done some things. You know, Cleveland has tried to do some things. Uh, Baltimore has tried doing some things. So the AFC well, everyone's I think tried is, to do some things. Well, I, I'm, but I'm talking about you. Know, you're looking at, at in the AFC. I think there are more teams that could come out. For oh, AFC is stronger year's this year than the NFC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so I, th- I think, I think the Bucks have found themselves just by staying pat and being able to resign everything that they have or that they had last year. You know, you're you're in prob- you're most likely in the driver's seat uh, because everybody else in, in the NFC is either taking a step back or or they are, you know, you know. New Orleans, no Drew Brees. You don't know what you're going to have in quarterback. They're in salary cap hell. You know, the Green Bay Packers, what are they going to do at quarterback this? You know, now they've, they've got Jordan Love uh, there now having watched Aaron Rodgers for a year. Aaron Rodgers is, n- knows that, you know, that guy is going to be the guy that's going to take my job. You know, is this the year that Aaron Rodgers tells uh, the front office in, in Green Bay to go pee up a flagpole and and he ends up getting moved. And if he gets moved, where does he get moved to? I mean, there's so many decisions that are still yet to be made. And we're only, 
you know, two weeks into the start of the new league year. And, and so I look at uh, what what the Bucks have done by staying pat as being just uh, it's great for the for the mindset of the Bucks fan. Yeah, and I, I don't even like I, I don't even feel comfortable call it staying pat, you know, when because you did have to bring those guys like they weren't on your team technically mm-hmm. but i but but as far as you know there wasn't sort of an upgrade at certain positions um you know like mostly we looked at running back um <clears throat> you know they could have upgraded somebody uh for nunez roches you know in a, in a rotational nose tackle position i thought um that could have been some place to upgrade um you know so you know bringing back the guys that they did i i, I don't i don't feel that sandy pat's the right word for it but but yeah i mean you know people have made talked about it on twitter for a few weeks now it's like the first time since 19 i don't know 74 or something and the yeah. modern day super bowl area era you know and that was before free agency so they either you know you either didn't sign the player because their contract was out or they retired so that's how long it's been but yeah you know uh they got all their piece, their places, their pieces in place, and uh, we're coming up to the draft, and they could use some depth at some certain spots, but uh, it may not, you know, just may not be there. So I think that's why I think that's what was so interesting at BA's presser today, where he was just like, "I need speed on defense, and I'm looking for offensive line, defensive line, and then mm-hmm. oh, maybe a quarterback." And it was like, okay, that that's the first time we've heard anyone in the organization sort of narrow this down for us, mm-hmm. you know, since the end of the season. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be able to sort of narrow your search and start to look at guys and things like that. But we had other news too. Yeah, we do have other, we do have other news. Uh, we're going to get more football, at least more regular season football here this year. As, uh, it came across this afternoon that the, uh, national football league is going officially to a 17 game regular season and they will reduce the number of preseason games this year from four to three. So it does not, uh, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't mean any, uh, any, any more football overall. I and mean, there's still going to be uh, 20 games that these guys are going to have to play. It's just that 17 of them are going to count. Kyle driver. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says we could use depth at quarterback, not sold on Gabbert. And I, I think that you will see, some moves uh, at at quarterback when it, when it comes to the draft, uh, and, and I, I think don't Gabbert think it's going to be early. Games. I think Gabbert wins 10, 11 games with this roster. Well, I, I mean, I think I he would, does. Yeah, I mean, if Matt Castle can win eleven games with the roster that uh, that the Patriots had the year that Tom Brady went down with the ACL injury, and yeah, I I think that one eleven games missed playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they were the last team to win eleven games and miss the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. But back to but, the seventeen games. So the Bucks get the Colts. We play yeah. the AFC South this year. I should say the NFC South plays the AFC South this year. Yeah, we get the Colts. Uh, it's a road game, so you know there's a little bit of a silver lining for this for season ticket holders at least. So now you're only be playing paying for two, or next year only paying for one preseason game at a regular season price and then next year you'll get the eighth game uh someone uh put up a graphic of who we were who the bucks were playing next year uh or the nfc south was playing next year and i should have written it down but i didn't but i'll have it for the next pod but uh yeah so we get indianapolis new orleans gets a tough draw tennessee 
Oh, Tennessee is going to just like run them, mash them. Like, I don't even, I don't even know if New Orleans has 22 players under contract right now. Uh, and, and these are all road games, uh, for the yeah. NFC because the NFC, uh, the, the 17th game, the NFC is on the road for all of these as well. Yes. Yes. And next year, uh, the AFC will be all on the road. Atlanta gets an easy one, maybe in Jacksonville. Uh, so and that means then, Carolina gets Houston. Yep. Yep. So, so I think that, uh, you know, uh, I think I played out the way it's supposed to, you know, again, with the, ha- the draft hasn't happened and, you know, like it, these are all projections of, of, of seedings and, you know, teams go up and down the division all the time, but, but, uh, of all, but if you made me pick one team, I didn't want to play, it would have been Tennessee. Yeah, oh yeah. And then it, it would have been Indianapolis. Indianapolis. And then I really wouldn't have cared so much between Jacksonville and Houston, to be honest. I think Houston's like they're trying, man, but God, you know, bad bad yes. luck. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think as things stand right now, and you know, things could change between now and the time that the show is over, for crying out loud. But if you're asking me to rank the the ones that the the teams in the NFC in the AFC South that I didn't want to play to the teams that I did want to play, it would be Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, and then Jacksonville. Because I think that as long as Houston has Deshaun Watson, and they may not have Deshaun Watson before the end of this show, but they have him right now. And as long as they do, uh, I would say that, you know, that makes Houston more dangerous than, than Jacksonville. Even if Jacksonville as we all expect, uh, you know, takes Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick uh, in the draft coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. But I, I like, I like the ideas of line depth uh, and speed on defense, but line depth, especially mm-hmm. uh, on the interior on, on both sides. And I brought, I've got a couple of names here. Okay. That I, that I, that I, that I want to go through. Okay. Um, Before for, we get into that. For that. I want to go through what 17 games can mean for the record. Oh, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll get into the meat of the show. Got to get into the meat. (laughs) Okay. So with 17 games, uh, there, you know, there's a distinct possibility that some of these single season records could fall. Yeah. um, And fall rather quickly. Um, I picked out a few of these um, and I'm going to go and just go down the list. And you tell me if you think that, that it's a possibility that it will fall uh, this year, or let's say next year too, like relatively soon. All right. Uh, Before we get to 18 games, because you know that's coming. Right, exactly. And then all these will fall. Uh, okay, so most passing yards in a single season by Peyton Manning, uh, 5,477. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that that one is uh, a possibility. I mean, nobody has come within a couple of hundred yards uh, of that since Drew Brees had 5208 in 2016. Right. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston had 5,109 in his final season uh, with the Buccaneers in, in 2018. A- and nobody uh, was in the top 20 uh, when it came to uh, passing yards last uh, last year. Nobody had. Right. Um, but Mahomes um, is thrown for 5,000. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the 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 most Wilson, the most. Why am I forgetting his first name? Uh, the guy that plays quarterback for the Seahawks. Oh, Russell, Russell. Wilson. Jesus, <laughs> Wilson's thrown for five thousand yards. Yeah. Of course, Winston, but 
Now, I guess the one who who's really like uh, the one that that pops off your head that could possibly do it the soonest would be Mahomes because of the yeah. style of offense he plays and how talented he is. So yeah, but I mean, he only he only threw for forty seven hundred. Uh, right. He led he led uh, the league in passing yards this past year with four thousand seven hundred and forty. So to get to five thousand four hundred and seventy seven in one extra game would be quite, quite the accomplishment. It's quite yeah. the accomplishment. It could it happen? Sure. I think it I, I think it could happen. I don't think it will happen next year. Um even even with the seventeenth game, I think that you're going to start seeing more and more uh quarterbacks getting to that five that I mean remember yeah. that it took you know twenty years for five thousand from the time that Dan Marino threw for 5,048 yards in 1984 until the next time that somebody got to 5,000 yards. It took a long, long time, and that is certainly uh, not going to... Uh, that That's that's not going to stay that way. You're going to start seeing more and more uh, quarterbacks getting to that 5,000-yard plateau, yeah. and 5,000 yards is going to start becoming the measuring stick. Yeah, for like four thousand used to be. Yeah, just for just for a and a not just for all time greats, but just for very good quarterbacks. Yeah. You see very good quarterbacks getting to five thousand yards. It's going to be that yeah. fifty five hundred yards that's going to be start. You're going to start seeing that that's that's the next uh, milestone. And you know it almost happened in sixteen games. It'll certainly happen in seventeen, but I don't think it'll happen next year. Steve, we see your super chat, and we'll talk about it when we come out of the break. All right. Okay. Passing touchdown. Same guy holds him. Peyton Manning, fifty-five. Yeah, I I think that will uh, that will be broken in the next two years. Okay. Uh, I just I I just see the way that teams now operate inside the ten. Uh, you know, you're not yeah. going to you're not going to okay. the 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 jumbo sets. You're going to start seeing uh more of the short touchdowns, and that's why I think that will end up being uh broken in the next couple of years yeah instead of just you know getting inside the 10 and just pounding the rock three times they're finding the the you know the six eight <laughs> well really like the six three six four wide receiver on on the on the five ten five eleven cornerback and and, and yep. they're playing basketball and you got t- wide receivers that tall and you got tight ends that tall and all that yeah mm-hmm. i'm with you uh i think that one will fall before the yardage one for some reason, I, I, it doesn't make sense. Like I can't really talk about logically. I just feel like it is Eric yeah. Dickerson, 2105 rushing. Yards. Uh, I don't Derek see Henry last don't... year went 2027. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that you're going to 17 games. I think you're going to start seeing teams starting to look more at the two back approach more than, than the bell mm-hmm. cow. Um, just it's an extra it's an extra game that counts they're going to want to try and keep guys as fresh as possible so i i have a feeling you're going to i don't think you're going to see anybody breaking 2105 over the next two years it could happen and derrick henry is probably the most likely or nobody right now right yeah the way offenses are i was going to say it's derrick henry and saquon barkley if he's if he's healthy yeah but 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 what have we learned about saquon barkley can't stay healthy so 
you know, give me a, give me a, it, it's Derrick Henry or, or nobody almost. Yeah. Um, so really I, I would say, I would say no on that one. Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards. So will there be a 2,000 yard receiver in the NFL? <sighs> I tend to think yes. I, I think, too. I think it's there's going to be a 2,000 yard receiver. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, getting a thousand yards as a receiver now is almost like, like you can't even say you had a good season. Mike like, Evans, used to be, that's a great Mike season. Evans, Mike Evans played like half of a season this year. I, you can remember yeah. that there seven were, yards a game and now it's yeah. going to drop down even more to get a thousand yards. 67 yeah. yards a game is what gives a thousand yards at a 16 game season. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to, I think you're going to see a 2000 yard receiver and a thousand yards is going to be like you and I might be able to get a thousand yeah. yards in yeah. the NFL in a 17 game season. Yeah, as long as you throw enough to me, which brings up the next category, which I can't believe this. I mean, I remember when art monk hit like 90 receptions in a year and it was a huge yeah. deal, but the NFL record was set. I believe last year, maybe the year before uh, Michael Thomas from the saints, 149 catches. Yeah. yeah just an absolutely ridiculous number. And yeah. And again, now you're you're talking about um, a guy getting you know eleven targets a game and making nine catches a game to yeah. to break that record. It can happen, and, and there are definitely offenses that will look to do that. Um, so I think there will be a I think there will be a, a receiver to get to 150 catches. Um, it will be someone like Michael Thomas or um, uh, you know. Uh, Odell Beckham or, you know, there'll be some really got to look at the offenses, like who yeah. does and, and the quarterbacks running them, you know, like who doesn't have like, uh, you know, sort of a top tier right end, like who doesn't have for, a tight end and who yeah. doesn't have like a number two can be number one. Then you got to look at the offense and you got to find the quarterback who plays like Teddy Bridgewater or Alex Smith. Okay. So then that, that leads me to Henry Ruggs in Las Vegas. Okay. All right. That's a that's a guy you don't have a you don't have a whole lot uh, around him. You know, Josh Jacobs is okay. Uh, you know, I I you, you know Waller back on that. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Darren Darren Wall Darren Waller is a is a is a decent tight end. But you know, I I think that it's going to be somebody like Henry Ruggs that that ends I like up with a, I like that. Yeah, I think that fits all the parameters. And finally. I don't think this one really affects it at all because people just don't get close that often. Uh, Michael Strahan, 22 and a half. I mean, you saw what Shaq did two years ago and mm -hmm. he was a monster and he couldn't, he couldn't get to, not, he couldn't get to 20. I so uh, to get to 22 and, and to, to get to that 23rd sack, you, you almost have to have the quarterback helping you with that. Like so, how he got to 22 and a half. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. Farf talked to him before the play, rolled out, fell down in front of him, and then congratulated yeah. him afterwards. He, it was it was a total setup, but whatever, exactly. you know. Yeah, but so unless unless someone unless someone's going to do, uh, um, unless someone's going to do that for a a, a shack or a no. you know one of, uh, an, an edge rusher like that. that for anybody to get happen. close, you got to find a tier one pass rusher. Who's going up against a tier three tackle and they got to play him twice. And he's got to get like six to eight sacks in those games. Yeah. You know, like if you look, if you look at some of these, if you go through game to game, like when JPP came to the Bucks, 
and he had something like eight sacks, but six of them were against Washington. And I was like, oh, man. And I looked, and it was yeah. the same. I don't remember the tackles, name, but it was the same tackle. So he ate. He got six, you know, of his sack. It was four and two. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in the two games. So th- I think that's what you're going to have to look for if you're going to look for somebody to, to get, approach, even approach that 20 mark. Yeah. Is somebody going to get like six and eight, you know, against a yeah. division opponent. And, and you have you have to think it's got to be it's got to be a tier three offensive line with a quarterback that still wants to go back and drop back and throw. And for me, for me, there's only there's only one team right now that I can think of that is a tier three line with a quarterback that wants to drop back and throw, and that's Detroit. Uh, you know, with Jared Goff uh, now with the Detroit Lions, I could see them wanting to throw sixty times a game behind an offensive line that can't protect him. So, so Khalil Mack, it is exactly. <laughs> That's Khalil who we're looking at Khalil we're looking Mack. At Khalil Mack. There you go. All those right. are those are those are those are some pretty good. Uh, those are some pretty good numbers. I like what Ty said that Darren Waller is more likely to break that record than Rugs. Eh, maybe. I think it's going to be somebody on Vegas that does it. Nah, nah. that just sounds I, like a Mark Davis type of thing. I mean, Darren Darren Waller will have these fantastic games where you're like, oh, my God, like, how come no one's talking about this guy as tight end one in the league? And then he'll disappear for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's that's that's just where he is right now. Um, plus, I think defensive, you can't be you can't be the guy. You need somebody else to tight end to take the yeah. pressure off you, because if you're the only guy, then they can just double you on the inside. And, uh, you know, with a box safety and a linebacker and then, you know, you're, you're screwed and he's not going to get all those catches, but, uh, very, but, uh, but I like, very, but, I, I like, big, I like, I like both those picks. I just, I think it's more, I think it's more rugs than, uh, or than it would be Waller. Um, but not by much. So I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's our 17 games for this year, but there's still, Plenty to come before we even get to game number one. We will talk about current Buccaneers that have a chance at the Hall of Fame and also some names that could end up being new Bucks that you'll have to learn and get a get a get acquainted with because they are the needs that the Bucks have. We'll do that here next on the Petercast. So, Ren, uh, mm. Steve Munoz uh, super chatted, and I know he did this in the middle of our uh, of our seventeen game Munoz. So, so, thank you, thank you, Steve, for super chatting. He wants to know who is the best chance at the Hall of Fame between Sue JPP and Levante David. That's a tough one. Like, I don't yeah. think JPP makes it. Um, I know, you know, he's been a name out there. He's been a name that a lot of people followed down here because he went to USF. I don't know if a lot of people would would have known JPP earlier, like if you were a Cowboys fan. Well, maybe a Cowboys fan because you yeah. played the Giants. But if you but, were, but if you were a Chargers fan, yeah, like JPP would have been just some guy that okay, you know, he, he comes around. Oh, he's still starting for the Giants. You know, every three years when they were making the Super Bowl, so he hasn't made a lot of Pro Bowls. I think he's got like two or three or something. So JPP's third for me. I think. Sue is close. I think I think he's really close. He's got a ring. He's going after another one. Um, he was a third round, or excuse me, third overall pick. Uh, you know, he was a monster in Detroit, um, and then played on a bad team in Miami. Then went to another Super Bowl uh, with the Rams, and now he's here. And you know, he 
he's not the pass rusher he used to be, but he's still, you know, in that top echelon for defensive tackles that can also get off, get off, you know, he might be just outside of the top five, but he's definitely in the top 10 and doing it at his age. I think that's a possibility. I really think it's going to be Levante David. Uh, and I think it's because they won the Super Bowl, And I think it's because Tom Brady's here. And then when he gets to Canton, because I think he's going to get in the room. They're going to, he's going to get guilt. People are going to guilt the hall of fame guys to get him in the room. And when they get him in the room and put his stats up against the Wagners and the Kelsey's and the, and you know, the other line, but the Erlackers and the guys that are in the hall and you put his numbers up against it. The only thing he's missing are pro bowls, which you can argue because it's correct. There's a popularity vote, mm-hmm. you know, and all pros. And it's just, and it's going to be just because he played for such a crappy team, a crappy organization, really, for his first eight years. And I think, I think Levante's probably got, let me put it this way. I think Sue's got the best shot. Levante's got the best stats. And I don't think JPP has a chance in hell. Yeah, I I tend to think that J, uh, the thing about Levante is that he got screwed over for the fact that Luke Keekley played in the same division for yeah. the first eight years of his career. And, you know, Luke Keekley was the one who got all the Pro Bowl nominations. He was the yeah. one that got all the all pros. And so people will go, well, he wasn't he he wasn't the best uh, linebacker in his division. Uh, never mind one of the best linebackers I- in football. And I will and I tend to disagree with that. I think that yeah, especially you know, when you put Le- the numbers up. Yeah. Le- Levante David is uh is a guy that is criminally underrated. Criminally. Yes. Yeah. I, I and um, uh you know Carmen uh Carmen Vitale uh from Buccaneers.com has has championed Levante's cause now for the last I don't know three or four years. And, you know, every, every year Levante gets looked over and, you know, I think that it is going to be up to Ira, uh, Ira Kaufman, who's going to be in the room for, uh, at, you know, for when they, when they have these discussions and when, uh, when his name comes up, it's going to be up to Ira to go, yeah, no way. Yeah. You're Levante David, you know, look at, look at, look at Luke Kikli's numbers. He's in the he's in the that's hall. Not a bad, that's not look a bad at, Ira. Ira's hard look, to uh, do. At, yeah, yeah, Ren. You uh, you gotta look at uh, Brian Erlacher's numbers there, Ren. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you look at his numbers, they're very similar. And Brian Erlacher, yeah, Ren, he's in the hall, Ren. So uh, why don't we get Levante in the hall? Um so yeah, that's the best Ira I've ever heard, <laughs> honestly. Okay, he's uh, not this, easy. This is this is what happens when uh, you work at WDA and uh, he comes on with Ronnie and T Kraz, and every time he says T Kraz's name, you have to hit a bell. <laughs> which was always the best part i i love ira to death uh and uh you know i i i really think it, it is going to be imperative and this is where we're going to see just how good of a salesman uh ira kaufman can be because getting leroy selman in is is easy yeah. getting sap and brooks in easy yeah getting we Tom Lynch it should have been easy but yeah. um, well, made, it was a little tougher, but yeah. people, people made it, you know, it was a lot more difficult than getting Levante David in will be a mark of salesmanship. And yeah. I think you're right. JPP, um, while he's a great edge rusher, he's a, he's a very good edge rusher. I, I, I think he's on the, on the outside looking in because, yeah. uh, you know, 
edge rushers are a dime a dozen. I mean, for for you to get in as an edge, I still rusher, can't believe Jason Taylor made it, let alone first ballot. I don't. I just don't get that one. That that that's that's all political. You you know well, that it's political. Taylor, then John Lynch should have got in five years ago. No, he should have gotten in five years ago. No, Jason Taylor. Uh, I Jason Taylor just for me. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get why people wanted Jason Taylor in. He was a very good line. He was a very good uh, edge rusher and defensive lineman. You know, was he was he the guy that you went? You know, that's the man. That's the guy. I was surprised he was in the room and he made first ballot. I was like, Jason Taylor's in the room, really? I'm like, okay. And then so he got he, in. And he got it first ballot, like first ballot guys, like a yes, you know. It's like Calvin Johnson, yes. Like he goes, Peyton Manning, yes. He goes, first ballot know? guys, you shouldn't even have to stand up and make a speech. Exactly. Like I present, I present Calvin Johnson and sit down, and sit, down. And sit back down, and that's it. Any, yeah. Any discussion? Yeah. Like no what Ira had, what how Ira got Sappin Brooks in. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here to present Warren Sapp. It's not right. To the uh, distinguished voters of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame and David Baker, I present Derek Burks. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. We kind of went off the rails a little bit there. But, uh, yeah. So, those are our thoughts, Steve, on uh, Sue JPP and David. But there we have some go. thoughts on some other players as well. That are going to end up being uh, part of the Buccaneers as uh, the draft comes up here uh, in a couple of weeks in Bruce Arians. I'm not guaranteeing they're going to be. I mean, well, if you, if you we, want to guarantee your list are going to be pucks, no, no, no. Right we, we guarantee that there are going to be names, new names that are going to come out from the draft. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. The Bucks will come away with the draft with the, draft picks. The Book Bucks it. will come away with draft picks. You can mark that down. Write Book it down it. in write it down in pen and underline it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but All right, um, well, we've done our job here. Good night, folks. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Like, like, share, and subscribe. Um, no, but um, the 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 needs we mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, BA talked about speed on defense. He mentioned right. depth of the line. He mentioned a quarterback. Right. I've got a I've got a name and most you know most of the offensive linemen are you know you you look at you look at big named offensive linemen from big colleges from the power five you know mm -hmm. big ten linemen are always going to be picked high right when you talk about Michigan Ohio State Iowa like Tristan Wirfs uh, those guys are those guys Wisconsin those those guys are all going to be picked high and a lot of teams that are picking high up in the draft are still looking for outside guys they they want guys on the edge of the tackle of the of the tackle box they're looking for a right tackle they're looking for a left tackle mm -hmm. i've got a guy that is right in jason light's wheelhouse oh let's hear it his name is quinn miners yes <laughs> i mean you want to talk about a guy that is right in jason light's white uh wheelhouse this and is it an interior offensive lineman from a Division three school. Yep. This guy went to the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater. Purple and, this, and white. What are they? Oh, man, I forgot what their mascot was. They're like the fighting sea wolves or something. That's not close. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The fighting feudal lords or something like that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, this is a guy that's drafted Ali Marpet mm -hmm. and Alex Kappa mm -hmm. already. And went and, and signed Jensen, 
It was yeah. from Colorado State Pueblo. Yeah. I mean, this this guy is right in Jason Light's wheelhouse. Yeah. And if and if you and I I so I look at at him and and you know, a guy that has played guard and then in uh one of the bowl games was it the senior bowl uh that he was in that he played center for the first time and impressed people. Yeah. So yeah. so so a guy that you know can play uh guard and you know can play center uh and you know, you're looking at a guy, yeah, the Warhawks. Thank you, Ty. Um, was it very, very like Little League football. Yes, that, that's Warhawks. exactly the Warhawks. The <laughs> Wisconsin Whitewater Warhawks. The WWWs. The Little but, Warhawks. Little Warhawks. Yeah, little Warhawks. <laughs> Junior Warhawks. <laughs> the, the Midget Warhawks. <laughs> the Wisconsin Junior Midget Whitewater Warhawks. Whitewater Midget Warhawks. Oh, Lord help us. We're going to... No, but I, I mean, this, this guy... This guy Ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah, uh, Quinn, yeah. Quinn Miners, Wisconsin Whitewater. That's, yeah, that's something. That's what that, I want. Yeah, those are. That's a guy that Buck fans have been have uh, heard of uh, yeah. since the Senior Bowl. Um, yeah, and he fits the mold, and you know he's one of those guys who like fight you in a phone booth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you don't you know you're going down a dark alley. You want him on your side. Just just that guy that you want to bring to a fight. Uh, kind of sort of in the Ryan Jensen mold. Uh, Plus, he has red hair like Ryan Jensen. So, um, yeah. And being from a small, like you said, from a small school, like yeah. it is right He's up. Right in Jason Light's wheelhouse. Yeah. I went with my list. I went all defense. Um, I went defense and guys with special teams. And what I focused on was speed because that was the first thing out of BA's mouth was like, like, I want like speed. We're looking for speed because uh, we think that speed will eventually translate to a on defense to a good player. So obviously these players are going to have to play special teams. Um, so I looked at places that where the Bucks have a, a need, um, a future need, and um, that, you know, we're, we're fast guys. So I went up and looked at the fastest 40 times for cornerbacks. Now, a lot of them were guys that aren't going to be there even at the 32nd pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, the kid out of uh, Northwestern, Newsom, he might be there. And he was a top 540 speed. You know, the list I saw. And this is mm-hmm. changing every day. There's a couple of pro days today and things like that. So, um, But uh, a guy that I looked at, uh, his name's Aubrey Thomas. He's out of Michigan. He didn't play last year. So that can knock him down, you know, people's boards because um, he hasn't played football for a year. Uh, he, he ran a four three seven forty. He's from Michigan and uh, the draft network uh, TDN, as we all know, uh, mm-hmm. has him ranked as a, their 140th prospect overall. So I thought that would be a guy from what I heard from BA today to fit the mold. Um that you know the Bucks could be looking at um, in day because they might have him higher. I'm not looking at round one, probably not even round two, but he could be like a, a round three and a day three pick. I also have a couple of really like Ryan Smith type guys, like fifth, six rounds, and I'll go over them real quickly. Uh, Nate Hobbs out of Illinois, uh, he ran a four three eight, um, and he uh, uh, TDN has him at two forty nine as a prospect, and then Tyler Gillespie. Uh, ran a four three eight as well. He's out of Missouri, um, and they have him at a hundred ninety four TDN. 
as a as a prospect. But those last two guys are really guys that like are Ryan Smith. Like you don't really want them on the field the first year, maybe even the first two years um, as a starter. If someone gets hurt, you got to do what you got to do. Kind of like with Ryan Smith, um, who, by the way, uh, went to the Chargers, everyone. Uh, so we've lost a couple of special teamers and a backup safety so far <laughs> um, and Haig and, and, uh, and Ryan Smith. And the best thing about Ryan Smith leaving is now I can quit following him on Instagram. I've never seen a guy who takes more pictures of himself in clothes than Ryan Smith. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 here's a, here's a, a, a name that could be late day two, early day three. What um, position? At corner, uh, okay. so you're looking. At, you're looking at a guy, and, and a guy that's got a ton that has a ton of experience being around NF, the NFL already, and that's Asante Samuel uh, at Florida State. You know, he's going to be a guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a guy probably late day two, early day three. He ran a four four eight forty, so he's. He, I mean, he's not blowing the doors off when it comes to uh, you know forty time, but that's a guy. You know, much like you got with Antoine Winfield, you know, a guy that's got a ton of experience being around the pro game, you know, growing up. And mm-hmm. so I, I like I like that. I, I like that idea as well. And, you know, he's a guy that's you're not going to probably use on the outside. He's probably going to be a nickel corner and, and a special teams guy. Um, I think that that's another guy that you that you could look at being, uh, you know, uh, an eyeball later on. Uh, in the draft, whether it's late on day two or early in day three, um, especially if the Bucks decide to move down from 32, because you're going to probably get an extra pick for for moving down out of the first round. Yeah, and you know it's it's always a uh, it always makes Bucks fans happy when uh, a Florida State or a Florida school, but especially Florida State. At least mm-hmm. my Twitter followers seem to be all Florida State fans, which is I don't know how that happened. But uh, it did <laughs> somehow. I guess they're just more active. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, sticking with speed for the guys that I looked at, um, then I went to linebacker because we talked about that even, you know, off ball linebacker might be a spot at 32 because Avante David basically told the Bucks like, hey, I want to play two more years. That's it. Um, and then you heard Jason Light again uh, talk about, hey, you know, we're going to draft these guys. They may not help us now, but in two years, we're sure glad we have them. Um, so not necessary first rounders, uh, these guys at all or second rounders, um, but they're fast and they play defense. Uh, I got Shaka Tony. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, at a Penn state. Um, he was the, always the other edge rusher coming out of Penn state that played alongside, uh, there's a couple of guys that have edge rushers out of Penn state that have, uh, that have been, have been drafted. Uh, he was the, the other guy on the other side. Um, I think he's more suited for an off-ball linebacker uh, than the edge because uh, the trait that you need that makes you special at edge is, is bend. It's kind of like bend ability, be able to mm-hmm. you know put your foot in the ground and, and just wrap around uh, a tackle. Um, and that's just kind of what he lacks. But everything you want in uh, a line, off-ball linebacker, as in cover sideline to sideline, he's got the speed for that, has some sand in his pants, can shift through, you know, sift through sort of the trash, be able to uh, get to the ball carrier and not be affected by what's going on around him. And he ran a four five five. Uh, and then these guys are total projects. Like these, these, these guys would be like Jack Sitchies, uh, Devonte mm-hmm. bond types. Um, 
Oh man, my handwriting. I got <laughs> <laughs> even when I write it down. I've, it's, I've been doing this for years. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to read that later. Write it a little clearer, and I write it, write it, write it better. I'll give you, I'll give you two guys that I think, um, you know, being in a three four, uh, these are guys that I think could end up being uh, types that could that could turn into edge rushers. You know, they could end up putting uh, their their hands on the ground. Uh, these sure. are both guys. Um, actually, I think both of them are out of Notre Dame too. Uh, which which is pretty interesting, and that's um, Ogundeji and uh, and Dalen Hayes, both mm-hmm. of them, uh, you know, project to being outside linebackers, guys that are that are big. I mean, you look at Hayes is six three and two sixty. Ogundeji is six four, two fifty three. Uh, you know, these are guys that you know. I I think they may not end up being the the true off ball linebacker that you're looking at, but a guy that. Uh, they, they could end up being, uh, outside, you know, shifted out to, to the outside and be the opportunity to maybe, uh, be a guy that could turn into a guy that could put his, put his hand on the ground as a, as a three, four outside linebacker. Yeah. And, and we know how Todd Bowles likes guys sort of like hybrid guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw, you know, during the playoff push, uh, they lined up Vita Vey outside at one point we saw Devin White lining up as an edge rusher during the season. Of course, you know, the biggest uh, spot where he likes to, you know, switch guys up is, is when he brings a safety down mm-hmm. uh, to play nickel corner or uh, set the edge in the run. Um, yeah. And these guys, and these guys I think are, are guys that could go back and, and cover tight ends and stuff like that. I mean, these guys aren't going to be, yeah, they're, they're not blown away speed wise. I mean, I think they're four sevens or something like that, but, you know, for, for guys that you can use in that hybrid. And I, and I like the fact that they're tall and they can get into, uh, they can get into passing lanes if need be, and they can, uh, hopefully move edge to edge. Uh, if need be, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I kind of like the idea. And those are a, a couple of other guys, again, big school, you know, in the Midwest. Uh, I, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that feel being at Notre Dame. Uh, they should be ready for, the, the big stage, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, they probably could also be willing to play special teams because they're going to be projected third day guys. Yeah. Everybody better be willing to make special teams on this roster or you ain't making it. Uh, I do have sure. one name I can read as far as linebacker. Yay. <laughs> uh, Monte rice, uh, ranked one sixty six on T TDN's big board. He's out of Georgia. He's more of a Quan Alexander mold, sideline to sideline guy. Uh, so, you know, in a couple of years when Levante David moves on, uh, we can have two really athletic, fast uh, inside guys as he sort of um, develops behind those two. Uh, the, he was a guy you mentioned recovering tight end. He was a guy who showed that those type of flashes where he could get out in the flat and not necessarily, I would say, cover a running back, but he can stop him like he doesn't get juked out of his shoes you know he mm-hmm. makes the, he makes the stop he can he can he has enough speed to get out there on a flare pass break down and be able to make the tap on running backs be able to cover tight ends uh you know in, in the shallow crosses and, and things like that um so monte rice out of georgia was a guy um i have a safety but he was such a project i'm just gonna erase him right now but he's huge he's 6'3 226 and ran a and, and and he's not really that fast. You're in a four four two. Like there's not a lot of fast safeties this year. But I did want to talk about 
quarterback. Yes. And if we're like, okay, we're not getting the top four, okay? And probably not the top five. Like Mac Jones, probably not going to be there. Mm-hmm. I've talked about on the show about Ty- Kyle Trask. As soon as he lost Pitts and, and, and Tony, he became a very ordinary quarterback. One, you yeah. know, he lost, he had, a, he, once he got his first round NFL targets taken away from him, he wasn't nearly the same guy. Um, so I started looking and I started going down the list and I, I ran into this guy named Davis Mills out of Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. Yep. You know, he, he's the classic, you know, sit in the pocket, has some mobility, great size, good arm. Um, but, uh, he's very shifty in the pocket, almost Tom Brady esque. Um, so in the later rounds, I don't even know when somebody like Mills would go. Uh, I don't think it would be the second, probably the third. Now, you know, yeah, I, I'd be further down. I think Walter football has him f- three to five. Yeah. Uh, maybe four to six. Yeah. So, so you're looking like very end of day two, uh, start, they have him four to six. Walter football does. So, yeah. so those group of guys that are after Trask, um, this is the guy that I sort of gravitated for. It was David Mills out of Stanford might be somebody, you know, the bucks might, might, uh, might be looking at as a, as a, um, you know, a young guy to start groom behind Brady. Yeah. There's another guy that that's a, around that same spot. Uh, and that's Jamie Newman from, uh, Wake Forest. Um, he, uh, was at Georgia, uh, and mm-hmm. transferred from Georgia to Wake Forest. Um, he, did not play last year. He decided he was just going to uh, prepare for the draft and, and then kind of uh, pooped his way through the senior bowl. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So certainly, certainly not what you want. But, I mean, this guy had, you know, 61% of passes completed in 2019 in Georgia with Georgia, 26 touchdowns, did have 11 interceptions, um, six rushing touchdowns, had almost 500 yards on the ground. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a dual threat guy. Yeah. A lot so, of people have looked at Kellen Mond, too, at a uh, uh, Texas A&M. He's yeah, Jameis. He's Jameis. He's a bad Jameis Winston. He's a Ooh, he's Jesus. a poor man. I mean, I mean, I saw I saw people comparing him to Colin Kaepernick and I'm like, mm, OK, so yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. no, but that's what that's what we got. I mean, the so. other the other thing is, if you want if you want a guy with a with an arm, you could always go with Peyton. If you're looking for cannon arm, you go Peyton Ramsey, Northwestern. So true. True. So there's lots of guys out there. Those are just, did you have any more? Sorry. No, that's that's yeah. I, I had, I saw Mond. I saw Davis mills, um, right. Newman. And then I was, and then I saw, um, they had, uh, Peyton Ramsey of, of Northwestern Walter football did, uh, underneath him. They have him, uh, you know, end of the third day. Because because he's a Northwestern quarterback. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's what we got. And uh, so how about you take us out and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll finish this thing up. Absolutely. Jameis Winston. I didn't you didn't think we'd say his name more than once in this segment. But Jameis Winston making comments about the Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay market losing a icon in broadcasting today. Here, we'll talk about that and more coming up on the PeterCast. So Jameis Winston, Ren, uh, is starting to talk 
about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there was a, an article that came out. Uh, is he, that, is he taking that, Gerald McCoy's cue? <laughs> uh, uh, well, he didn't say that he wanted to come back. Let's just put it that way. He was okay. uh, he was asked about Drew Brees and 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 all and and all the like, but he right, said right. that. But he did say that he was happy for his former teammates uh, that won the Super Bowl and that he had been in contact with a number of them when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, this offseason so far to congratulate them all on winning the Super Bowl. And he talked about how that hopefully uh, it, it'll be his turn uh, to always the Lombardi Trophy. I say to that, not so soon, not, not so fast, my friend. Uh, but, I, you know, I. I just think it's it almost sounded to me like sour grapes that you know that Jameis Winston got tossed to the side for Tom Brady and Tom Brady mm-hmm. led led his team led because not much changed on offense no. other than the quarterback and all of a sudden they find themselves hoisting the uh, the Lombardi Trophy. I just thought that was uh, very very interesting that Jameis Winston is starting to starting to spout off about it. It's kind of like the people that, that say that I, and I don't know if you're the, or you're that type, the type of guy that said the Gruden won with Dungy's team. No. Okay. Uh, so I, I just thought, I just thought it was very, it, it almost seems like he's like, Oh, well, Brady won with my team. And it's like, that's not your team anymore there, Jameis. And your team didn't do diddly squat anyway. Okay, so I think I'm going to put the Jameis Winston ban back in effect. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Good to, good to hear from you, Jameis. Thank you. It was a good, good talk. Good talk. Yes. 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 Uh, but speaking uh, don't, of quarterbacks, don't let the door hit. Yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. It's on the way out. <laughs> Probably didn't. Uh, so, I saw a tweet that somebody was asking NFL executives, whatever that means what they would give up for Sam Darnold, who, uh, of course, is the quarterback in waiting to get his job replaced during the NFL draft because the Jets had the second pick overall. Yeah. Uh, and they were talking like third or fourth rounder. So my question to you is, now the Buccaneers went and got Josh Rosen, Rosen for nothing, hung around for most of the year, then San Francisco came a calling, uh, took him away. Um, I would think that Sam Darnold is a better prospect than Davis Mills. Uh, I haven't studied Davis Mills. I haven't obviously seen Davis Mills in the pros, but Sam Darnold was a, you know, number one, or I shouldn't say number one, but a, but a first round draft pick at, at one point. Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills isn't going to be anywhere close no. to that. So what would you give up to be, well, first off, do you think it's a good idea? And if so, so I guess that would really shape it. Cause if you think it's a good idea, you probably tend to give up a little more than you think it's a terrible idea where yeah. you give up maybe nothing. Mm, so where do you I'm, fall on Sam Darnold's Buccaneer? I, I do not, I, I do not like the idea. I mean, I didn't like them going out and getting Josh Rosen other than the fact that he was going to be on the practice. Squad. Now, if you're going to tell me that we can put Sam Darnold on the practice squad, mm-hmm. I might, I might be a little more amenable to it, but uh, you know, for me, I'm not going out and getting Sam Darnold to be Tom Brady's backup. Uh, no. I just, I don't. Well, what about Ryan like Griffin? What if, what if he takes Ryan Griffin's spot? 
as the as the third inactive quarterback emergency, the, emergency break glass guy yeah the guy the guy that the guy that plays uh the, the second half of game three now mm-hmm. uh, of the of the preseason yes <sighs> and probably the fourth quarter of preseason game one and how many how many how many two. how many picks in the seventh round do the bucks have this year <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't even worry about it. it was like, just put a number, like put a number on it. I mean, it doesn't matter what the Bucks have or not. No, done. I would, I would, I would put, uh, I would maybe go with a day three, uh, you know, but it would have so to be fourth like rounder, a, fifth no, rounder. I, I, I don't know if a fourth or a fifth would do it. I think it would have six? to be, yeah, probably, probably five, six or seven. Okay. Uh, you know, or, you know, if, if maybe a six and a seven, but <laughs> so a fifth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, okay, okay. I'll go with the, I'll go with the, it. Depends on how many sevens they have. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, I I I would say yeah that five six. Uh, I would say probably because right now the the book's out on Sam Darnold. I mean, they know yeah, that they, he played for the Jets. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to Todd Bowles in New York. That's you know you you make a you make a very. I'm valid a big point believer there. in like it really matters where you land, and I think there are tier one coaching staffs in NFL, and then I think there are crappy coaching staffs in NFL, and I don't think there's really a lot in between. Like you know, if you have the coaches, like I've always said that Patrick Mahomes is great. Patrick Mahomes would not be who Patrick Mahomes is today if he didn't go and hook get hooked up with Andy Reid. Like it yeah, just if, he, if he had been stuck with like Ben McAdoo or in or the Jets, <laughs> the Jets, yeah, you yeah, know? I think yeah. If you you think about it, I mean, that was the was that the was that the year that they had everybody go in the in the because there was the year that that Rosen and Josh Allen and I think that was the Sam Darnold uh, draft as well. Darnold, with, Rosen, and Mayfield, and Baker, and Josh Allen. Was it Josh Allen and then Mahomes? Yeah, Josh well? Allen. I I forget if Mahomes was in that was in that year or the year after, but yeah. you know there was there was that you know you think about it like you have those those drafts where you get all those quarterbacks and some of them turn out to be okay and some of them turn out to be garbage and then you have drafts like um you know Jameson in the third. I, I, yeah, J- Russell Wilson in the third. But I was going to say, and then you have Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota being drafted yeah. one two, and they're both. You know, I'm sorry, I just I just broke the band, but <laughs> you know, but but to make the point that you you draft you drafted quarterbacks the first two overall, and they t- both turn out to be absolute garbage. Yeah. So. So I'm not I, I on the Jameis Winston I blew garbage tour. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not there. I mean, I'm disappointed. Uh, like, you know, I don't I, I think he couldn't can't get out of his own way a lot of times. I think, you know, the football IQ and the talent is there. It just No, but I mean there's just I mean, something in his guys, in his head that he won't he won't both he just of those guys he can had do to it. take both of those guys had to take massive pay cuts to stay in the league. Yeah. Massive pay cuts to stay I'm in not, the I'm not saying that that I'm not saying they worked out. I'm just not comfortable on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers no. podcast going to sit there and let you slide by with Jameis Winston's garbage without saying anything. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe I should have used Jamarcus Russell then. Uh, yes, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the biggest busts of all time for sure. So, so but you know, for for Sam Darnold, I mean. I would think that you know a fifth round pick is is suffi- would be sufficient 
uh and, you and give I, up a fourth i'm gonna do i'm gonna ryan suck up you you're gonna ryan so suck up fourth, me? So fourth is too much so if you give up a fifth i mean a man who would give up a fifth for a previously drafted first round quarterback would definitely give up a fourth for a, a day three especially in this draft <laughs> yeah to, with this, this draft is really weird though because draft, like it just stinks for us we're I good know. at we're what we're set at and deep at. That's what this draft is good at. I know. And we're, we just, yeah. Like, and where we need depth, it's not. And, but we could reach like, you know, and, and, and I hate reaching. Yeah. I hate, and I hate reaching. Yeah. But that never works that well. Okay. Okay. Give me a, if if they'll take a day three, especially because the bucks are going to draft at the back end of the, of the fourth round. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's really yeah. a fifth. There you go. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all it's it's one pick away from being a fifth round pick. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If if it's a day three pick, I I would do it. I wouldn't do it if it's a day a day two. I'm with you. I would. I think fourth is kind of the cap on it. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they gave away a third to do it because I understand the plan. Um, and again, sort of how they get draft. a day three pick back then. Yeah, okay, yeah, like give up a third and get like a fifth or a sixth or maybe yeah, a get a seventh. Yeah, if if you get Darnold in a seventh for a third, okay. Yeah, you okay with that? Yeah, so I, you know, Jason Light is now built up in his scouts, John Spytek and the like have built enough cachet with me where, like, even if I don't understand the move or like the move, I, I'm I'm going to give it time to sort of pan out and and the upside of it is definitely worth a third round pick. You know, a set, which is really a fourth round pick if you look at it. That's right. It's the, it's <laughs> one pick away from the fourth. It's one pick yeah. away from being a day th- a day three pick. So, so speaking of the draft, sorry to step on your toes there, but uh, if you could in this year's draft go and get any player, we'll say they have to like you can't get a quarterback. We're gonna and we're gonna I'm gonna sort of scope it to the second half of the draft. Okay. okay? So if when you could say position group, but if but if you had to, someone's holding a gun to your head, and you're like, you gotta you gotta go up and get somebody in this draft, but you can pick whoever you want to help out the team the most, either this year or in the future. What position group or what player are you going up after? I'm taking. I'm I shouldn't say I'm not. You can go and get anybody but a quarterback because that's just too obvious. Like, oh, I'll go get Trevor Lawrence. I'm sit behind Tom Brady for two years. Okay, yeah, we're not doing that. No. Or Fields or Wilson yeah. or, or Mac Jones. Or, yeah, nobody. Yeah. You can um, go get Kyle Trask if you want. <laughs> I'll pass. Um, you know, I would probably. What's funny is like the, the guys that, that we're thinking of or that I'm thinking of are probably going to be there when, when the Bucks pick at 32. Like, Barmore's probably going to be there at 32. Yeah, I wouldn't know. God, and I wouldn't. Miners, Miners, Miners might be there at at 60. I mean, yeah. being, a, being a Division three guy, but, you know, I might, you know, I might move up in the second round and take Miners, but... There's um, no talent out there. Like, you won't go get, like, you know, a wide receiver... I don't even know their names. The, the Smith of Alabama, because like we don't like we don't we're Buck fans. We don't care about wide receivers this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, we got plenty of wide receivers, and we and, still get and, a tackle. and they still get yeah. I I would I would probably. It, it's funny because you know I was you know thinking about what the Bucks need 
you know, they need a they need interior uh, on both sides. Yeah. And those those guys aren't, you know, the prize picks. You know, they yeah. need interior offensive, interior defensive lines, and those aren't those aren't the, the, they'll the be prize there for picks. Me at 32. <laughs> they'll be there for me at 32. Yeah. yeah. Um, I probably and, you know, I'm not moving up to, and I'm definitely I'll never move. You couldn't pay me to move up to get a running back. Well, I'm not paying you. I'm shooting you dead if you don't. Uh, yeah, well, you better shoot me because I'm not moving up to pick running okay. back. So <laughs> you don't have to pick running back. You can take anybody. Take a position. Think of what position group would you go get besides quarterback? I don't pro- I know. let having good players at a position prevent you from drafting great players. I probably would move up for wide receiver, to be honest. Okay. I would I would move up I would move up for a wide receiver. I'd go get a tackle. You get another tackle? Well, Donovan Smith, if you look at it, um, who I'm more than happy with, especially because of his play the second half of the year, or more importantly, really, the bye week. Um, he's only guaranteed for next year. So they guaranteed his money this year, which wasn't guaranteed, and then they guaranteed money next year. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he then so he's back on the, you know. And he, he'll be 30, and then now we really won't be able to afford him. Yeah. Of course, you never know. The salary cap be $250 million by then. So, exactly. <laughs> so I I'll would, I would, off, I would go get one of these, like, tackles that aren't nearly as lauded as sort of like the big four last year. And I'm not talking about going all the way up in the top ten and getting Penny Sewell. But, you know, like Slater, another Northwestern guy. Uh, there's, uh, there's some guys out there that I wouldn't mind having in the hopper. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where I would go. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would go. I would go interior defensive line for sure. But there's nobody there. There's no like. N- there's no one there to go get because they're no. all already. No one's gonna. The only person who's gonna go off the board interior defensive line is maybe Barmore, yeah. and that's gonna be like off his last six games. Because if you watch like his last six games, which include the playoff run, he was a monster. Yeah, but it took all that time to get him there and to get him motivated and to not like, you know, play bad. Like he's just, he's just so up and down. So I um, saw, I saw, I saw a video of Marvin Wilson manhandling Makai Becton. That was nice to see, but yeah, you know, that he's going to be, he's going to be there. He'll be there. He'll be there in the third. Yeah. He'll be there. He'll be there in day two. So it's not like a, like that's, that's what I would be looking at. And it's like, for me, it's like, who are you moving down for? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm moving down again. I'm moving yeah. down for picks next year. That's, That's what I'm right. moving down for. There you go. Move down for picks next year. I I, I hate wrapping up shows on down notes, Ren. But I, I do want to. I do want to mention that uh, the Tampa Bay region lost an absolute legend when it comes to sport uh, sports broadcasting and just broadcasting in general today as the great Ted Webb, uh, who you may know uh, from doing mornings on WFLA radio for the last, I don't know, 30 years. Um, he, uh, he passed away uh, this morning, or I should say this afternoon, um, uh, about one o'clock this afternoon, just before one o'clock uh, at the age of 72. Ted was one of the first guys to have a sports radio show uh, in the market. Uh, he used to do a, a, a nightly sports show uh, on W was it WLCY WPLP. Um, he worked with Nancy Dinellen, uh, who most people know as the fabulous sports babe for for mm-hmm. a number of years. 
Um, just uh, an absolute uh, a peach of a guy um, and uh, had been ill for a number of years. Like I've known Ted and, and it's, it's tough even mentioning him in the, in the past tense. So, so I tend to still talk about him in the present tense. Um, but you know, I've known Ted 15 plus years now and, you know, he had been on dialysis for quite a while. He had been dealing with, uh, with renal failure. He had, um, congestive heart failure. He had been suffering from, uh, dementia for the last year and a half or so. Um, but, uh, you know, a guy that loved, you know, the bucks loved sports, uh, in general here, uh, in the Tampa Bay market. And, uh, I just wanted to, to mention his passing because Teddy was, a um, more than just a, a colleague of mine at iHeartMedia for 15 years. He was, you know, a close friend, uh, someone that I could always trust would shoot straight with me. Um, a great sounding board, uh, whenever I wanted to do something, uh, you know, I would always go, Hey, what do you think of this? And he would go, that's good, but I would recommend X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I just wanted to mention, you know, politics aside, because, you know, the last, you know, 20 years of Ted's career was all done, you know, in the, in the news talk political realm. And there's a lot has been made over the, over the years, you know, his, his fight with uh, Ronald Reagan's son, Ron Reagan Jr., uh, where he basically told them to come down to the parking lot and I, and he kick his ass. Um, you know, Ted was just a, just an, an amazingly fun guy to be around. Um, always had his little, I, 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 he had, he had like this little box that like made like fart noises that he used to, that he used to mess, mess around with, uh, with that he would go after people. Just, just, a a character and a, a lot of fun. And I'm going to miss him uh, greatly. And I, I'm just glad that he got to see the Super Bowl uh, one mm-hmm. in his own hometown. Uh, you know, his hometown team winning here because he was a he was a Tampa kid. You know, he went to Jefferson High School, the old Jefferson High School, not the not the new one over in West Tampa, but uh, the old Jefferson High School, and has been around forever. So if you if you uh, you've probably been affected by Ted Webb. Um, in some way, shape, or form, if you've grown up here, if you've lived here in the last, I don't know, 20 years, 20 plus years, uh, you've definitely been affected uh, by Ted Webb. So I wanted to uh, um, send, uh, on behalf of uh, the, the show, condolences to the entire Ruiz family um, f- uh, on Ted's passing. So I hate, I hate ending shows on bad notes, but I ha- or on, on down notes. But uh, I, I felt it had to be said. Yeah, I, I've I, I've never I don't know if I ever heard a Ted Webb broadcast radio broadcast. Uh, you know, oh, when, you definitely would, baby, because it sounded like this. <laughs> but I've been listening to sports talk radio for a long time. I've heard his name. Uh, I knew that he was at iHeart uh, for a while. Um, I think I've heard Aaron Jacobson talk about him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a second father to Aaron. Aaron yeah. was. Was was Jack and Ted's produce Ted's producer for a, a number of years, and then when Ted uh, retired, uh, Aaron took Ted's spot. Right, and right. So, so yeah, yeah, a radio giant here in, in the uh, in the area, and and uh, 
not only in the sports world, but, uh, you know, AM talk radio, news radio, and political radio. He'll definitely be missed. So uh, on that note, we will wrap things up here on this special Tuesday broadcast of the PeterCast. And again, you can always uh, follow the show uh, at the PeterCast and go to the PeterCast Live. But first, we go to the Ren Addiction so we can find out. Ren, yes. how do we get hold of you? Best place to find me is on Twitter at Rendax, R-E-N underscore D-A-X-T. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football, but if your take is too hot and you don't want to put it there on the Twitter sphere, feel free to slide in my DMs and we'll talk about Buccaneers football there as well, too. One quick announcement. Uh, it's not super duper finalized, but it's pretty much finalized, almost like the I's are dotted, but the T's aren't crossed. Uh, in an effort to give um, something to Bucks fans during draft week, because we're not exactly sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been invited, uh, Steve and I, the Peter cast have been invited to go out to big storm brewing, uh, with Joe Bucks fan. Woo. Uh, Ira coffin will be there. That's uh, right. Steve, <laughs> Steve is, will be there. Maybe we can have you interview Ira. Oh my God. Using can I Ira's interview voice, Ira as Ira? Uh, uh, talking to I Ira. Ira, uh, we got Ira Kaufman here. Uh, it's Ira Kaufman talking with Ira Kaufman. So, Ira, um, you know, tell me, uh, tell me about Tommy Kuhn. Yeah, uh, you've got some good Tommy Kuhn stories. Yeah, Ira, you got to tell me some Tommy Kuhn stories. So <laughs> we be out there. We'll have our own table. Uh, we'll be. We we're not exactly sure what we're gonna do. I haven't really talked about it with with Steve yet. Um, about what we're gonna Carney, I should say, not not Isbitz, uh, Steve Carney. Um, what we're gonna do, I don't know if we're gonna go like live for the whole entire draft, like six hours, or you know, hit and miss. I don't know. Well, you know, who knows? Like maybe we'll just turn the camera on and face the crowd and walk away. Who knows? But we're gonna be there. <laughs> uh, more details will be coming soon. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna be hanging out with Buck fans, drinking some craft beer, and having you know some some. Uh, some uh, gastro gastro pub style foods uh, for the draft. That sounds delicious, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And again, you can always catch the PeterCast uh, at the PeterCast on uh, social media. Check out the PeterCast.com, PeterCast.live. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Carney, and check out my website for your favorite Rays baseball. Uh, coverage at under the orange roof com and under the orange roof the weekly podcast that drops every single monday this uh past one we talked with uh steve kinsella of sports talk florida and my old colleague jay retcher at wdae previewing the upcoming 2021 rays baseball season so for ren i'm steve that'll do it for this episode of the Peter cast. And until next time, I'm not using my lineup, my, my, my normal sign off. I will say in the words of the late great Ted Webb, live it up.